Amen. We thank God for you. And actually on your way out, moms, uh, and those uh, who have moms, which would be everyone here, um, we have uh, flowers to give out. And those flowers are for the moms in your life. So whether uh, it's a mom who's here or a mom that you're going to see later today or a friend who's a mom, or maybe there's someone who's not your biological mother but is a mother in many ways to you, you could honor her just by uh, getting one of those beautiful flowers uh, and giving them to the moms in your life. So on your way out, please do that. But we are going to be looking in God's Word at what Jesus has to say about Mother's Day. No, he, there's no scripture that he actually mentions Mother Day, Mother's Day, so just want to clear that up uh, right away. But there are a number of scriptures where he talks about moms. And so we're going to look at what he says about, about moms. And in doing this, I think you have notes in front of you as well. We're going to look at two key truths that I think are important for us. And in some ways, these two key truths are kind of opposite ends uh, of how we think about moms, how Jesus thinks about moms. And as we hold these two key truths properly, they kind of create an attention that brings us to the proper way, the proper place in relating to moms. So uh, the first truth, and we'll look at how the teachings of Jesus teach us this, is that God is more important than moms. God is more important than moms. Moms are very important. But God is more important than moms. And then the second truth is this, that moms are really important to God. Moms are really important to God. Let me pray, and then we'll jump in to what the Scriptures, what Jesus teaches us about this. Lord, we ask you to come and be with us right now on this special day, Mother's Day. Uh, and Lord, moms and, and honoring moms is not something that has come to us merely because of the florist industry or cards or whatever. It's your, your idea. It's there in your word and it's there in the commandments. The first commandment that teaches us how to relate to other people uh, is about how to honor our father and our mother. So this is your idea, and so I ask you, Lord, help me to communicate in your name to your precious people and all those gathered here, what you would want us to know about what you think about moms. May each one here be impacted by your word. May the moms be honored. May your name through it be lifted up, we pray. Amen. Amen. So the first truth I want to talk about is that God is more important than moms. And, and, uh, and we may think, well, you know, why are you mentioning this? We live in a culture that, uh, of these two truths, we probably tend to err on the side of not honoring moms enough. Uh, and so, you know, why do you need this truth that God is more important than moms? Now, of course, I get that. And in our culture, I don't think we really see that trend. But in other cultures, uh, this is an important point for people to understand. And I think for us, at different times and maybe in the future, it's also an important consideration that God is more important than moms. I uh, had a missionary friend who was uh, in Singapore, and this is some years ago, and he was sharing Christ with uh, people in Singapore, and there was wonderful fruit. He was sharing the truth of Christ, the, the wonderful gospel, the good news of our forgiveness in Christ's death and resurrection, our new life in him. And people were listening, and they were believing. They were getting baptized. They were being added to churches. It was fantastic that that was happening, particularly uh, because that country to some degree now, even more so back then, was a very Buddhist country as well. Uh, Islam had a, had a strong presence as, uh, there too. And, and so this is, was great news to hear, but this friend went on to share that, that he was having trouble actually helping people grow in Christ. 
because of the value in that country of honoring parents was so strong that people used all their spare time, basically, to be with their parents. Uh, it's a very hardworking culture as well. So people would come to church on Sunday, but that was it. You just could not have, get them involved in anything else and a chance to study the Word and grow or a small group or, or doing, you know, uh, reaching out to the community. Uh, so much of their time was spent honoring their parents, so it was a problem. For them, they needed to hear this truth, this first truth we'll look at from Jesus, that God is more important than moms. Moms are really important to God, but God is more important than moms. There are some trends that are out there for us that, that we may know about, we may experience, where, where, they, where we would need to hear this truth. Uh, there are some different trends in the Christian world. There, there are some uh, w- within what's called the family-integrated church movement. There's a lot of good things there, but there's some aspects of that that's a little more extreme that I think needs to hear this truth, that God is more important than moms. Moms are really important, but God is more important than moms. Sometimes the, the trends that we experience might just be simply that we just love our mom and dad so much, and we love being around them. And, and uh, I remember as, as a little boy, I told my parents, I'm, I'm never going to move away. I'm going to build my house in your backyard. And my mom still brings that up at times. Uh, thank God I'm not too far from my mom. But, but it, it could just be that. We just love our families so much. And we want to be around them. And, and if we're not careful, we can start to build our lives around our, our nuclear family, our biological family. And, and now families are really important in Scripture. Don't get me wrong. But we can love our families. We can even love our families too much where our love for our moms, our moms and dads, and our siblings perhaps starts to displace love for God and love for His church. And so this truth can be a helpful one, is a helpful one uh, to us as we are maybe tempted different ways. Maybe not to the extreme of the uh, folks in Singapore, but, but maybe trend that way. So Jesus has things to teach us here. That God is more important than moms, as important as moms are. Look with me at Mark chapter 3. I think we have this to project. Mark chapter 3, verses 20 to 21 and 31 to 34. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. This is in the ministry of Jesus, and he's starting to get going with his ministry, starting to become very popular. And part of the problem is that people had all sorts of their own ideas about what Jesus ought to be doing, and, it, and, and his family included. So this verse is in chapter 3 of Mark, and it says this, Then he went home, and the crowd gathered again, so that he could not even eat. And when his family heard it, they went out to seize him. For they were saying, He is out of his mind. And his mother and his brothers came, and standing outside, they sent to him and called him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. And he answered them, Who are my mother? And my brothers. And looking about at those who sat around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Jesus is coming strong against this imposition of his family on him. And, and, And I don't think it was because he was embarrassed or something, you know, that this is embarrassing. My mom is looking for me and I'm trying to do ministry. How embarrassing. So I'm going to say something real strong here to kind of counter my mom. No, no, that's not what's going on. He's, he's teaching something really important. As important as moms are, and that culture got that probably way better than we do. As important as moms are, and as important as their influence and their requests for our, us are, The ties that bind us together in Christ, the ties that bind us to Christ, 
the relationship we have with Christ and through Christ with one another, those ties are stronger and more important than even the ties that bind us to our mom and our siblings. That's, that's a shocking idea perhaps for us. But that's what Jesus is saying. Ultimately, my family is the people that have put their faith in me. This is, these are my mother's, this is my brother's, these are my mother's, I guess, as well. Those that have come around and put their faith in me. This is the ultimate family. And that's really important for us to understand. And that's, a, that's tension that pulls us back a little bit from perhaps overvaluing our earthly family. Now, earthly families are really important, so don't get me wrong. So Jesus is, is, is pulling back on this truth. He's not just irritated at his mom. Um, now, I can't say, I don't know, we don't know what his mom is thinking at this point and his brothers. My guess, because Mary, uh, if you read through the scriptures, Mary had faith for her son. My guess is that she perhaps had some doubts about it. She, she believed uh, he was a prophet and, and Messiah and so forth, but perhaps what was going on was just wasn't the picture she had, and she was concerned. More likely, the brothers had strong doubts and were thinking big brother Joshua would have been his Hebrew name. Big brother Joshua is getting a little too big for his britches. So let's, let's kind of go out and, you know, and, and talk to him. But, but Jesus responds to them with truth, and he responds to his disciples, teaching this important point that the ultimate family is the family of God. John chapter 1, wonderful verse, uh, wonderful section, the, these verses. It says, but to all who did receive him, speaking of Jesus, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. They're, they're not earthly families, but of God. Romans 8 speaks of this wonderful adoption. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. When you're a believer and the Spirit lives in you, the Spirit testifies that you belong to God. You belong to the family of God. And it says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. You see, Jesus came to establish this ultimate family. He came and He lived the perfect life. And that perfect life included obeying the fifth commandment, which says, anyone? Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you in the land, right? Uh, so he obeyed that. He honored his father and mother. We'll look at that uh, in a little bit, one ways that he honored his mother. He obeyed and he lived this perfect, righteous life. He obeyed in every way, wholeheartedly. He loved his heavenly father. He loved others. And then he went resolutely to the cross. With this in mind... I'm going to the cross to fulfill the will of my Father. I'm going to the cross to bear the sins of my people. I'm going to the cross for my family. The ultimate spiritual family. I'm going to pay for their sins. The wages of sin is death, the Scripture teaches us. The, the penalty, the just reaction of God to sin, the just reaction to God uh, to the actions and attitude that, that, that say, Lord, I don't want it your way. I want it my way. I want to go my way. I want to disobey your commandments. I just want to do it in my own way. That, that's essentially what sin is, and there's all variants to it. The just penalty for that is spiritual death, a broken relationship with God, separation from God. And if that separation continues, when we die physically, it will continue forever. 
There's a penalty for sin. There's justice. God is a God of justice. Yes, God loves you. Our, our culture gets that, actually. They, they take it for granted that God loves us, but our culture doesn't get God's holy, and he's just, and he will not wink at sin. He would not be just. He must deal with it. He's perfect in his holiness. The great mighty angels can't even approach his glory and his holiness. It's so great. We need to understand that God doesn't just love us. He does indeed, but he's holy. And if we get that, we understand we're in trouble because I'm not holy. You're not holy. We've sinned against God in grievous ways. And yet in his mercy, he sent his son. And Jesus came and he offered up that righteous life on the cross and he bore the wrath of God. The holy justice of God was poured out on Christ. And he died for sin, for your sin, if you would turn and trust him. God would not permit that he just die and remain dead because of his perfect sacrifice and righteous life. Because he fulfilled all righteousness, he, he raised him on the third day alive forevermore, victorious over sin and death for your sake. So that you could come and turn from just the the foolishness, the insanity of a self-determined life and sin and turn to Christ and put your faith in Him. And the the moment you come to that place of putting your faith in Him, and you you could do it right now if you haven't yet. For for all of us who have already, it's it's an ongoing experience. We always need to turn to Him and remember, you died for me. You rose again for me. Thank you. I want to live for you. And if it's your first time hearing that or first time to respond, it's just simply you just say, Lord, forgive me for my sin. I receive your death and resurrection. I want to follow you. Just a simple prayer like that. The moment that you believe, at that very moment you are filled with the Spirit. The Spirit dwells in you and you are a new creation. You are a member of the ultimate family at that point. God's family. And you'll be His forever. And it will never end. That is the ultimate family, the family of God through Christ. That's what Christ came for. And he calls us to live in him. He calls us to prioritize that ultimate family. God is more important than your mom, and that ultimate family is more important even than your biological family, as important as your biological family is. Let's not go the other way and neglect that. But that ultimate family is really important. So Jesus is getting at that in the Scriptures. And sometimes when you come to put your faith in Christ, sadly, your, your earthly family, your biological family, will reject you. Will say, look, you know, I, we, we, don't, we don't want this stuff. We don't want this Jesus stuff. We don't want you doing that. And, and for some of us, some cultures actually, it's very, very intense And so Jesus calls us to himself, and at those times, sometimes we have to make decisions about what's more important, our biological family or the ultimate family. Jesus is addressing this in Matthew chapter 8. Here's something else he says about families. He's talking to disciples who are coming to him. It says, now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side, and a scribe came up to him and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds have, the air have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. This disciple, Jesus read his mind, was thinking, I'll follow you wherever you go, but 
I don't want to give up my home and comfort. And he says, no, to follow me is to give up everything. And then he says this in verse 21. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Wow, that's a strong statement. And, 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 and you might think, that's a little harsh, Jesus. I mean, the guy's dad just died. He just wants to do the funeral, you know. And you're saying, no, 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 let the dead bury their own. What do you mean? Well, that's not what he meant. And that's not what the disciple meant when he said that. He's saying, Jesus, I want to follow you, but my family will have some issues with that. And, and would it be all right if I just wait for the day when my dad passes? Then I'll follow you. And he's saying, no, follow me. And if your dad's not going to be a believer in me, he's, he's dead spiritually, and let those around him who are dead bury their own dead. I, your relationship with me, though your relationship with your dad is certainly important, your relationship with me is more important. So follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. And for some, that's a real issue. I, I know of, uh, through a friend of, of uh, someone in a Muslim country, a young man who who over the course of time, and it took a long time, by the way, usually coming to Christ takes a long time. And for this young man and his culture, because of the cost of believing in Christ, it took a while. It takes a while here too. That's just a side thing for us to understand as we reach out and love people. As people come in and, and, and hang out with us as a church family, let's give them time. Let's be patient. Let's love them. Let's give them time to think through and understand what's going on. This young man took some time, but eventually he did come to Christ. And his family rejected him. Matter of fact, it was more than just getting rejected. His uncle set out to kill him for the honor of the family. For this young man, he understood the priority of the ultimate family over the biological family. But sometimes those choices to follow the Lord and, and to leave our family behind are not choices that come because our family is rejecting Christ, just sometimes in the course of life and following Christ, God calls us away from our biological family to serve Him. And there can be sacrifices that He calls us to. It may be that we don't get to build our, the house in our mom and dad's backyard and live there forever with them. It may be that in the call of God we have to move an hour away or 10 hours away or 10,000 miles away to serve the Lord. As we follow him, parents who believe in Jesus, are you giving your children permission to follow the Lord that way? Moms, would your delight be to see your son or daughter move away to serve the Lord and maybe never see them again? If I understand the scriptures right, that's what often will happen. That's what Jesus calls us to at times. And certainly there are still ways for children to honor parents even when they're far away. I don't mean to neglect that truth. But Jesus is teaching us that the priority of the ultimate family is higher than our biological family. And we're to love the Lord more and to release our children to serve. And that can be really hard. That can be really painful. For Peg and for me, we've experienced some of that in our lives, not in a major way, but God, uh, back in uh, the 90s, we, uh, he led us to relocate from the Boston area. We had never known anything but living in our parents' backyard, essentially. Uh, it was our culture. It was, we, just, we got 
to be with family for all the birthdays, all this time. We loved our families, and God called us to relocate to Maryland. That was difficult, but it was part of his plan. And then we got to know our spiritual family in Maryland. Our church family became precious to us. I remember saying to one of my friends, I'm, I'm looking forward to growing old together and walking with God together. But then God called us from Maryland back to here. And we had to say bye to our, even our church family as we followed the Lord. And sometimes that's how it is. Right here in, in Bradford, down the street, is a home that belongs to the Heseltine family. And if you know the story, Anne Heseltine grew up in Bradford, uh, was well known here. Her dad was a deacon in the white church right here. Uh, and and just, this was all her world. And she came to Christ at 16. There was a revival that went through Bradford back then in the early 1800s. She came to Christ. Her, her family came to Christ. Many people came to Christ. And, and she just decided she wanted to follow him and didn't know what the future held. She didn't know that some years later she would meet a young man named Adoniram Judson who came from Plymouth, Mass. And God had got a hold of him. Wonderful story. Had gripped his heart. And he realized that following the Lord and that ultimate family is more important than his earthly family, as important as their earthly family is. And so he determined that he was going to go and bring the gospel to lands that had not heard the gospel yet. And at that time, the land of Burma was one of those places. There, were, there was very little Christian witness in Burma. And he decided he was going to go there to bring the gospel, to translate the Bible. Actually, the Bible they use today is the one that Adoniram Judson translated back in the early 1800s. And he fell in love with a godly and attractive young lady named Anne. Heseltine. And they got married. She was married at the age of 21. And two weeks later, she was on a boat bound for Burma, not to see, at least in her mind at the time, her family again. Can you imagine what it felt like to be her parents or to be her? But she went and, and was part of the work in Burma and served there and, and acquired many family members for the ultimate family. Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 19 about this reality. It says, Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on His glorious throne, you who have followed Me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or lands for my namesake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. Jesus is teaching that when you follow him and have to make these sacrifices, he does not leave you as an orphan. He rewards you. And the ultimate reward will be to add a hundredfold to what you've given up. And I believe that hundredfold has to do with the fact that you're leaving to serve the, go the gospel, to serve people, to bring the gospel to people. So Anne Heseltine, though she had to leave her family here and all that she had known, acquired a hundredfold in Burma. Really, really thousands and thousands of believers, actually thousands of churches in Burma now directly from the Judson's influence. She is knowing her reward right now and the family that she has. So Jesus calls us clearly in Scripture to prioritize our relationship with God in such a way that God is more important than moms. Moms are really important, but God is to be more important than moms. So just to think in terms of that, is there anything in my life, functionally, where I'm doing the opposite? 
parents, I think maybe sometimes for us, we want our children to displace that relationship perhaps. Just out of our fondness for them, our love for them. And if we're not careful, we can want to hold them close instead of sending them out in his name. Second point, the other side of this, is that God is more important than moms, but moms are important to God. Moms are really important to God. And Jesus has some things to say about this. Actually, some very strong words, different things. I love some of the verses in Scripture on this aspect. One of the passages I love is in John chapter 2, the wedding at Cana. Do you guys know that story? It's the first miracle that Jesus performs and it says this, on the third day there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. <laughs> I think it's just great, wonderful to think about that because she means something with that, right? She's just not reporting they have no wine. It's, it's just kind of a classic interaction here. They have no wine. Jesus knows what's going on, right? And Jesus said to her, woman, by the way, guys, the Son of God can call his mother woman, but you can never call your mother woman. <laughs> All right? So, so just do not go home and say, this is, Mama, this is what I learned from the message today. I can call you woman. So woman, you know, you, just don't do it. <laughs> Only the Son of God, the eternal one, can call his earthly mom woman. He says, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So, woman, you're forcing my hand here. I love you and I want to honor you, but you're pushing here. And don't forget, you are my mother, but I am your God. You're, you're, that's why I think he says woman. You're a woman. You're not just my mom. I mean, your mom, but ultimately, I'm God. You're my creation, woman. He's reminding. There's this interaction going on here. So he says that, and he walks away and says, I'm just not going to be pushed around here by my mother, you know, and forgets, right? No, that's not what happens. What does Jesus do? He does what she wants. He honors his mother. This is a wonderful passage. This is God himself honoring his earthly mom when she doesn't necessarily come about it in the quite the right way. So guys, we have no excuse. When your mom asks you something and she gives you one of those implicit things like, there's nothing of this left, and you know, she, mom, why don't you just say, go and do this? What do you mean? The, the answer, if Jesus answered this way, then we certainly need to say, what can I do to help? All the way, right away, in a happy way, as we used to say to our children. So Jesus responds, and he, he turns these big, huge jugs of water they use for cleaning, actually, and he turns these huge jugs into the best wine that people probably had ever had at the wedding. And the feast and the celebration continues. And he makes a statement about the kingdom of God actually through that. The kingdom of God is the best celebration awaiting us. And, and so he obeys his mom really. He honors his mother. I love that passage. We are to honor our moms. God, moms are important to God. God is more important than moms, but moms are important to God. And even though that Jesus knows that the ties that bind us in him are stronger, that doesn't mean we are to neglect honoring our earthly moms and dads. Jesus actually had some very harsh words for those who wouldn't. In Matthew chapter 15, he's talking to the Pharisees. And it says this, And the Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, 
Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father and mother, what you would have gained from me is given to God. He need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees because there was a practice among them where perhaps the money or the resources that were meant to provide probably for their aging dependent parents, they were offering to God. And then we're saying, oh, sorry, I I can't help because I offer this to God. This is my sacrifice to God. And so this whole idea of setting things apart for sacrifice to God in their mind was uh, okay to do, and Jesus rebukes them. So they think they're serving God, but they're actually disobeying God. That's the thing that's wild about that. what Jesus is saying. These guys, in a sense, were so spiritual that they were unspiritual. They were so oriented towards their religious duty that they missed the whole heart of religious duty in the Lord. They had used their spirituality in such a way that they were violating the commands of God. He has harsh words for this contradiction. And guys, we may not, not ever be in the place where we would do that. We might think, well, well, I mean, what does that have to do with me? I don't, this whole idea of devoting stuff to God, I, I don't get that. So we may never do that with our resources, perhaps, thinking, well, I, I want to give this to the church. I'm not going to give it to care for my mom or dad. But there are lots of ways we can be just like the Pharisees. We can be so devoted to the life of the church. We can be so devoted to following what the Lord, we think the Lord wants us to do that we actually neglect our parents. We actually don't honor them. We don't care for them or make sure that they are cared for. And we can think that, you know, we're doing this the right way. You know, Jesus said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. You know, my parents, this is what can happen sometimes. Parents who aren't believers and we think, you know, they just don't believe. And i got my own thing to do for God. So I'm moving on. I don't feel like I need to give my time. And, and, and if you're doing that, you're violating Matthew 15. Jesus has something to say to you. Honoring your parents is an incredibly high priority for God. And if you want to worship God, then you need to make sure you're honoring your parents and providing for them. Somehow, making sure they're provided for We can make mistakes in this area. I I can tell you a a story in my own life. I was a young believer and I was very zealous for God. God had changed my life. I had been a mess and he just turned my life around. And I loved him and I wanted to serve him. And I was involved with this Christian ministry. And we just spent a lot of time doing great stuff. Growing in Christ, learning about Christ, sharing Christ with others. It was exciting. Uh, It was challenging. And... I became, I graduated from college, and my intention was to stay involved with this Christian ministry, actually to stay out in Western Mass. Now, my parents wanted me to come back home in uh, Eastern Mass, the Boston area. Uh, But I wanted to follow the Lord. I wanted to live for Him. 
I wanted to maximize my impact for God. And, and, and the thought of going back with my family was, was not interesting to me. Matter of fact, uh, I, I remember someone, a leader, telling me, uh, telling, telling me, actually I think it was, if I remember right, that very verse, follow me, let the dead bury their own dead. And, and that had influenced me. Now I didn't totally neglect my parents. I don't want you to get that picture. But the priority of my parents was much lower on the list in my mind. And I looked and I looked for work and I never found anything. I believe God was resisting my plans. I could not get a job and, and nothing was opening up. And, and I went to this seminar and they, they talked about biblical family life. And they talked about these aspects of relating to our parents and I was deeply convicted. And I realized that I had come to Christ. I had given my life to the Lord. I wanted to follow Him. But I was no better of a son than before I knew Christ in my outward actions. The amount of time that I had spent with my family before I knew the Lord, the regard I had for them was very low. Then I came to know Christ, and it didn't really get any better. I didn't spend more time with my parents. I didn't honor them more. And I was deeply convicted, and I decided the, what, I wanted, what I should do, what the Lord wanted me to do, is to move back home. And that's what I did. I moved back home, moved in with my parents. And within a week, I had a great job. Uh, I think it was within, yeah, within a week, I had a great job that I had for 14 years, had it until I became a pastor. Uh, God provided a job and provided so many things and, and protected me. Actually, I can, it's a long story, but, but if I had gone that direction, we would have wasted many years, I believe, in a fruitless ministry. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you've made some decisions. Maybe it's just that your parents are difficult. That's the reality for some of us. Our parents can be challenging. They can be difficult. And maybe you've made the mistake of thinking that, that you know, that's okay. As Jesus says, you know, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. And yet Jesus says in Matthew 15, you're violating the command of God. Your spirituality is contrary to the clear command of God. You know, I'm so glad that there's forgiveness in Christ. I'm so glad that I'm forgiven for those things that I did that didn't honor my parents and didn't love my parents. And, and even though I made that decision, I continued to fail, by the way, as well. So I don't want to get you the, give you the wrong picture. Thank God there's forgiveness. Thank God that Jesus has come to redeem us so we can be forgiven and we can know power to do the right thing. So today is a day to come and receive forgiveness and determine by His grace to honor your father and mother. One last verse, and we'll close up with this. John chapter 19. I love this one. Jesus has gone to the cross. He's going there to bear sin. He's going there to suffer more than anybody ever will because it's not just physical suffering that he's going through. It's spiritual. He's bearing sin. And the holy justice of God is being poured out. A, a, a countless amount of hells, in a sense, are being poured out on Christ as he bears our sins. Immense suffering. Immense sorrow. And yet if you read the words of Jesus on the cross, you will, you will have a picture into His character that will astound you. In this little section in John 19, it says this, Standing by the cross of Jesus were His mother and His mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. He's on the cross. There's these four women, and, and actually John is there as well. He's suffering. He's bearing the wrath of God. Agonizing torture on the cross. And it says this, when Jesus saw His mother 
And the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciples, to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus honored his mother on the cross. Guys, I don't know if there's a more powerful statement about the importance of honoring your mother and your father than the fact that one of the few final words, the, I think the seven words of Jesus, the final words of Jesus, were words that made sure that his mother was cared for. He's the oldest brother. Uh, at, at this point, Joseph is long past. His mother's a widow. And he has brothers and sisters. But Jesus wants to make sure that his mom is cared for with the very best care that he can provide. And, and I believe he knew that John was the one to do that. John would provide not only for physical care, but sp the spiritual care that he wanted his mother to have. And so he's on the cross, and he tells his mother, this is your son now. This is your oldest son. And John, my friend, the one whom I love, this is your mother. John takes her into his home, and church history tells us that she remained there to her final days, that actually she moved with John when he ended up moving to Ephesus. She went with him and lived with him, and he cared for her all her days. Let the banker come up as we close today. This truth, the, these words of Jesus, teach us about the importance of moms. What he thinks about moms. His perspectives on moms. Yes, indeed, God is more important than moms, but moms are so important to God. Let me ask you a couple questions as we close. In terms of these two truths, do you lean towards one to the neglect of the other? Which one would that be? Is there some way that if you really looked at your life, you'd say, you know what, I've leaned too much this way and not enough that way. It's been so much about God that I've, that I've been foolish and I've been blind to see that part of loving God is honoring and caring for my mom. Or maybe it's the other way that you lean, honoring mom to the neglect of keeping God first. Just as we close and as we worship in song, I just want you to think about today on Mother's Day. What is one way that God would call you to follow Him? What would be one way Jesus would say, listen, believe, and follow my words? I trust that as you do that, the Lord will meet you. And He will give you power to change, to keep God first, and to keep your mom as really important in your life. Let's pray.